Uh, we're going to get into the actual Rothschild part of this. I know I'm not going to give the guy any sort of, uh, you know, honors by calling him Lord Rothschild, but uh, Jacob Rothschild, the patriarch of the Rothschild banking dynasty, dead today. That's what I woke up to the news, uh, and really at that point couldn't uh, couldn't sleep when I when I heard the news. But but ultimately. You know, we're going to get into, you know, who he really was. You know, do they have any, you know, importance? Are they really running things? Because ultimately, I think they're sort of like a boogeyman for other people and entities that are really running the things behind the scenes. Uh, you know, because I'd put, you know, things like the Vatican even above the Rothschilds and sort of, you know, they... It's really hard to really know where to even start because there's just so much stuff, you know, when you're looking at, you know, this Rothschild banking dynasty. And it looks like you want to jump in. Well, I mean, yeah, like Israel and the Vatican, definitely. But they're all part of the same entity. And we will, of course, get into that uh, shortly. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say on, what is this, fa are we on Facebook or something? So what we're doing is we're, I'm, I'm going to have this initial part streamed on there, and then we're going to cut it. So right now we're not actually live streaming. We're going to actually cut uh, – I'll cut out all this part for for the for that because basically we're going to get into some juicy stuff that you're not allowed to say. But you know, I guess I guess getting into like the traditional history of the Rothschild family, it wasn't even their real last name. What you had was, uh, and you're doing all this right now without. I've got like five notes, but basically just say like what the places that he sent his sons to. But you had the Bauer family, B-A-U-E-R. Uh, Bauer family was uh, they were bankers out of. Uh, out of uh, Germany, and they were teamed up with the Oppenheimer family. So, you know, Oppenheimer, big, uh, you know, powerful banking dynasty. And, and basically the Oppenheimers said, like, hey, instead of lending money to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, it's a lot more profitable to lend money to governments. And so during the Napoleonic Wars, you had uh, the head of the banking dynasty there at the time as a mayor, uh, Amstel uh, Bauer, was, uh, you know, the main guy or patriarch running the show at that at that moment. And so what he did was he got all this money from a, a Prussian prince at the time, and they wanted him to invest into English bonds. And so instead of actually investing into the English bonds, what he did was he, uh, you know, kept the money on the sidelines, and then they had found out that Napoleon had lost the war. And then so they spread a rumor saying Napoleon had won the war. And then what they did is it brought the British stock market, you know, pl absolutely plummeted the, the value of the British stock market. They came in with all the, you know, tons of money that they had from that Prussian prince, came in, swooped in, bought up basically the entire British stock market. Then everyone found out that Napoleon had actually lost the war. Then the value of the stock market, you know, went right back up, uh, you know, even more than it was before. And then they found themselves in the precarious spot of basically owning the entire British economy. And so then they got into cahoots with the Bank of England and, start, and the royal family and, uh, you know, started interbreeding with, I mean, because all these guys just look, I mean, I don't you know, hate throwing like looks into all this because it's, you know, very petty, but, you know, they all, they all, they're basically a bunch of inbred bastards, what they all look like. I mean, Yeah, and, and I mean, that all connects also to the story of, you know, Alexander Hamilton in the 1790s and how, you know, after the American Revolution, the United States government essentially connected themselves through banking powers once again to England and therefore to the Rothschilds, which ended in a pretty fiery battle in um, of around 1799 and then uh, resumed again in 1812, which led to, of course, you know, the War of 1812. And the real reason the, for the War of 1812, not whatever the textbooks that the Rothschilds yeah. and, uh, you know, Reuters own. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, after that bank was burned down um, in 1833, I believe, under, um, uh, under Andrew Jackson. It wasn't the bank. They burned down the effing White House. They came, 
over and burned down the effing White House. Well, and so that was in 1812. But uh, you know, fast forward to 1833, um, the bank itself was uh, you know basically leveled um, thanks to President Jackson, who then it led to the most um, prevalent time in, in American economic history until the Civil War, with that exception. And then after the Civil War, once again, all the way up until 1912 and 1913, at the creation of the Federal Reserve and the IRS, et cetera. So all these things really do stem back to the Rothschild banking family. They still do to this day. Um, it's just that there's different players now playing the game with them, and it's become a much more powerful complex. But yeah, we're talking, you know, Alexander Hamilton basically saying to George Washington, who didn't know much about economics, saying he was a, he was a general, going, hey, we're going to, we need to create this new central bank. We need to have a, a bank that creates all the currency, and um, we, we need your support on this. And he was a lone Yankee, Alexander Hamilton. That's why he's the most popular founding father now, because he was the biggest fraud out of all of them. But um, he then, this leads to the creation of the first bank. And again, that is where the American Revolution failed. People think it failed like recently in the last hundred years, maybe in the 70s when the gold standard was taken away. But no, this goes back to about 1791, 1792. It was very short-lived, and as Jefferson himself said, you have to test a revolution every 20 years. Well, they never did, and here we are. So, I mean, again, this all goes back to the Rothschild banking family um, putting their tentacles into um, U.S. politics via the banking system and then backing both sides of every war, you know, in, in almost every country in the world ever since. They, I mean, they said... And the matriarch said if... if, if if my sons didn't want wars, there wouldn't be any wars. I mean, that's basically the paraphrase of what she was saying. Yeah, and I mean, they also created um, the state of Israel. I mean, Jacob Rothschild, recently a very famous video that went viral that I've seen for many years, mm -hmm. was they showed the declaration of the creation of, of yeah, Balfour, the creation of Israel, and he said, yeah, we created it. The first street in Israel was named Rothschild really? Avenue, and, you know, the first place named in Antarctica was, was um, Rothschild Island. I mean, these guys have control all over the world and all, all, always in the most mysterious places, all, always in the most nefarious places. And yes, that includes the Vatican as well, which is intermingled with the state of Israel. So, so yeah, we are talking about something here that um, connects to every single one of you. It, it, has, it has to do with the money that you're using, the money that's being printed. Across the board, Visa, MasterCard, the dollar, the pound, the euro, you know, all these things all originate the idea of it all comes from usurious banking which is something that the Rothschilds championed and continue to now who is really in charge of um, the Rothschild banking family today. It's hard to say because it started with, hey, we'll send your sons out, five sons to all these different places um, and they will be able to they'll be able to um, you know, really uh, you know, take over the banking industry, the oil industry, the gold industry, all these different things. But now it's a bit different. They utilize the same powers that were created before, but in a different way in order to literally self-destruct their own empire, because they always play both sides, in order to bring in the new reset, the Great Reset. And they utilize wars to do that. They did it in 1812. They did it in the Civil War. They did it in World War One, World War Two. They're doing it now. And that's why all this stuff is fabricated. It's all fake. It's all scripted. And it all ends with us, you know, losing one tyrannical power for an even worse tyrannical power. But we're, you know, uh, kind of shanghaied into it by the notion of, okay, well, the dollar is terrible. We, we don't want to depend on the dollar. 
Of course not, but that doesn't mean because of that we must have this and this other thing being even more nefarious, being a CBDC, which of course Tim could go into a lot more. But again, this is all originating with the banking family of the Rothschilds, which are mostly dead now. Evelyn de Rothschild died last year, I believe. Kissinger died last year. David Rockefeller died a couple years ago. Zbigniew Brzezinski died a couple years ago, and now there's a new guard that's coming in. But it's still surrounding the same symbology of this very nefarious family. Yeah, and the Rockefellers are Rothschilds. I mean, I mean, and all this is even somewhat, you know, an ode to Ra. I mean, you got Rockefellers, Rothschilds. I mean, and then there were some other things that I did. I mean, Josh definitely skipped way ahead on uh, a lot of this stuff. Uh, I mean, he mentioned the Civil War. I mean, there was a quote, I believe, from Lincoln that said, and he's a lot of bad stuff out there about Lincoln that uh, is not common, uh, popularly known. But you know, he had a quote that was, I have an army in front of me that's uh, uh, the South and I have an army of European bankers at my rear and I far more fear the army at my rear because, you know, they wanted to have this divide and conquer technique. And so, you know, not only goes back to the War of 1812 and to the Civil War and then obviously the whole Shanghai that happened in, uh, you know, December 23rd, 1913 with the passage of the Federal Reserve Act. But if we go back again, kind of Josh jumped really far forward, but if we go back to the 1700s, he had uh, Mayor Amstel Nation Rothschild had five sons. Those five sons, that's where their coat of arms has five uh, arrows pointing out and like a tight grip around them because, you know, he wanted to basically keep all the money in the family. And so those sons were then sent to Austria, Germany, Italy, the UK, France uh, to create banking dynasties all throughout there. But the most important part of this whole scheme, and I have to give it to him, this is a brilliant scam, absolutely brilliant scam, where what they did was they... Uh, you really have to understand the mechanism of how this is in play. And, and one analogy that I've given like a hundred times on here, probably even more than a hundred times, is if there's only if we're the only two people on an island, and I I'll play the role of the banker, and I go and create the very first dollar that's let's say the very first hundred dollars that's ever been in existence, a one-year loan, three percent interest. Well, how are you going to, after one year, you're going to owe $103? Well, how are you going to pay $103 if all you created was $100? Well, then you've got to borrow more money, and then you've got to borrow more money, and more money. And so, but ultimately, it's not borrowing money because the money is debt. And so you can never pay off the debt because the debt is money. And so we have a debt-based system that eventually is going to collapse. And they've always known that this is going to collapse, which is why they need to get ahead of the collapse and then blame it on things like the Russians, blame it on things like the Chinese. And I recently just got back on Facebook, and a big part of it is so I can go back and see, okay, you know, I was bitching about, uh, you know, everything that was going on in 2013 with the U.S. State Department funding neo-Nazis in Ukraine. And, and at that point, it seemed like the writing on the wall was to, you know, goad, you know, I hate saying us, but goad the U.S. into a war with Russia to then blame this collapse. And it's not to say that Putin's a good guy or anything like that, because this is real 5D chess that Josh and I have been championing since, you know, before we even knew each other. And, and you know, he was, you know, figuring out this stuff when he's like 12 years old. And so, you know, it's frustrating. So we're not saying this to Brett. We're, we are trying to wake people up. And at a certain point, I really didn't even care about waking people up anymore, because it's like, hey, I've been putting myself out there for so long about this stuff. But it's just this far gone and people still don't still don't understand even the the basics of what's happening i mean what can you honestly do at this point you you want to save children at this point the adults of basically if they're willing to sacrifice himself after everything that's happened especially in the past four years but never mind that the past 20 years before that if, if people still don't get it it's like you know yesterday we were talking to some people and they just started saying all the most ridiculous things in front of us and we're doing our best not to like just 
you know, explode. And, you know, oh, we have to trust the science, we have to trust this, we have to do... Unsolicited, like we're just eating burritos. Yeah, and, and we so. didn't say anything. And, oh, we, we have to, you know, stop all these conspiracy theorists. She's like, oh, my 40-year-old son is a complete conspiracy theorist. I think it's a disease. We have to... And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I didn't even bother. I, I just said, well, you know, it's funny because those conspiracy theorists are almost always right. But I, I kind of left it at that. She agreed with me kind of on that. But I, I just left it at that and started talking about the weather and restaurants nearby because I'm like, this woman's like 70. What am I going to say now after everything that's happened to change her mind. But, you know, Tim, back, uh, you know, going back to the Rothschilds and everything, I mean, even if you look at, you mentioned Lincoln before, even if you look at, um, you know, uh, people like Richard Nixon, he audio taped himself 24-7, basically. And in his audio recordings, you could hear him talking to Kissinger and complaining to Kissinger, those damn Rothschilds and Rockefellers, uh, they're, they're constantly calling, they're constantly telling me what to do, and he's complaining that, like, I thought I was going to be president, and he, he's getting yelled at um, by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. And, of course, Kissinger was all, like, pretending to be, oh, yeah, it's, it's really bad. But meanwhile, he's going out and uh, dining with them while, you know, cashing in on prostitutes with the Rothschild Rockefeller family, real stuff that happened in the 60s, 70s. Kissinger did some crazy stuff um, as, as far as to goes, which shouldn't surprise anyone. But again, he's this also is talking about uh, was it Bohemian Grove? There's uh, some stuff from the uh, the Whitewater tapes on there as well. The happiest uh, damn place I've ever been. I can't, I probably yeah. can't say the word. But um, you know, at the same time, we're looking at things like uh, the state of Israel. The state of Israel being created by the Rothschild family in the first place, utilizing World War One, uh, and that also led to the creation of the, the League of Nations. They're uh, you know very much correlated. And then World War Two, the propping up of Soviet Russia. Well. Which also happened, by the way, with the October Revolution in 1917. So all those things are correlated. But the Bolshevik Revolution, which Moses Hess said himself, and Moses Hess was basically one of the top Zionists in the world, said um, that he wanted to create a Holocaust to, to um, prop up global Marxism and create a Zionist ethnostate. And that is something that, you know, later on was looked at uh, very favorably by the Rothschild family, which had a lot of say in the revolution in the Soviet Union with Lenin and Stalin and propping up those people. And then, you know, you fast forward to World War II and the Soviets are propped up once again in order to take down Hitler, who, again, I'm not saying anything good about him here. I'm, what I am saying, though, is that he was saying things like, we need to stop the Rothschild family, we, uh, even though he might have been the illegitimate son or his mother might have been the illegitimate daughter of a Rothschild. Nonetheless... Funded um, by the Bushes and yeah. funded by, you know, yeah, everyone but, related to the Bushes. But we're talking now, you know, um, the Soviet Union. We're talking, so global communism um, utilizing uh, Bolshevik revolution. We're talking about um, the state of Israel. We're talking about the, the United Nations. Who is running the world today? Think about it. I mean, who was the one that was paying Epstein to get all this blackmail on people so all the politicians around the world and all the celebrities say the same thing? Uh, again, the country that was created by the Rothschilds were funding Epstein to do this and allowing him to traffic kids. So again, almost every issue we're dealing with today goes back to Israel, which then goes back to the Rothschild family, which is, I think, a very important point. Just think of one thing that isn't connected. And then who controls all the media? I mean, you, so then you have to go back to things like they were connected to Cecil Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes of the country Rhodesia. Well, he was uh, the one that was the big famous gold miner, diamond mines. So a lot of the diamonds, you know, the, the artificial scarcity that they created around diamonds and all yeah, the, the marketing. Scholarships and everything. Yeah, so I do, I do want to get into that. Yeah. And so when Cecil 
Cecil Rhodes died, I mean, he should have been the richest man in the world, but he wasn't because he was a front man for the for the uh, Rothschild. Same with J.P. Morgan. Should have been the richest man in the world, but he wasn't. They, they couldn't openly have it being a Rothschild bank when, in, in essence, it was a, uh, it was a, yeah, it was a Rothschild bank, but then the, the Rockefellers uh, were really kind of running the show, even though it was J.P. Morgan, uh, you know, after, after their death. And so, Going back to Cecil Rhodes, uh, you know, he has an entire will that it's, you know, like a book. And basically he left that his fortune to creating a one world Anglo-American society. And through doing that, he wanted to have secret roundtable groups. The first secret roundtable group was in Chatham House, England, uh, called the Royal Institute of Affairs. And then its American counterpart was the Council on Foreign Relations. There was a video of Hillary Clinton from, uh, I don't know, it's like 2013, 14-ish, and she's saying, oh, it's so great to be back. She's talking with Richard Haas, the head of it at the time. He's like, oh, it's so great to be back here, and uh, I'm really glad you guys moved down the street because now I don't have to be, now I don't have to go as far to be told what to do. And so almost every single person you're going to see on the media, almost every single, you know, pundit, politician, banker, person that really matters in terms of making decisions, like probably the top 2,000 people in America, they're all part of the Council on Foreign Relations. And then you get into like Bill Clinton. Okay, he only mentioned two people in his inauguration speech. One of them was JFK. The other one was, uh, oh man, blank. Who's, who's the guy that wrote Tragedy and Hope? Uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. Oh, man. It's, uh, I, I, oh man, blank. I can't believe I, read I can't. The book and I can't even think. Yeah, so, the guy that wrote Tragedy and Hope is going to come, it's going to come to us in a little bit. And you can tell this is more authentic because we're not spending 20 hours, you know, research. We, we've spent, you know, tens of thousands of researching yeah. this. And so, every now and then, something, uh, you know, slips our mind. But, uh, the guy who wrote, uh, Tragedy and Hope, he was referenced in Bill Clinton's, uh, speech and as someone that helped inspire him. Well, he was the guy that then gave, uh, Bill Clinton his Rhodes Scholarship. So the Rhodes Scholarship comes from Cecil Rhodes for the people that want to create these, you know, secret roundtable groups to eventually have a, a one world order. And this was their words, not ours, uh, from, you know, over a hundred years ago. And so, you know, this is, so they control all the media and then, you know, they have their agents, you know, we're, we're not going to harp on the Federal Reserve because we've, you know, gone over that like a million times. And that's, you know, pretty old hat now for anyone that's been following us for any amount of time. But, uh, you know, their, their family really goes back to even, so Bauer was their original last name. Their name wasn't Rothschild. It was, it was Bauer, which, uh, you know, Rothschild, they had their coat of arms was a, a red shield, red shield in German is Rothschild or um, Rothschild. That's how they got their name. Before that was Bauer. Well, Bauer, uh, you know, it sounds a lot like bear. Uh, and then before it was, now this is kind of according to like Santos Bonacci and a lot of his uh, his research, but before they were Bauer, they were the Orsini's family, which that translates to Red Bear. And so Red Bear sounds like Bauer, and then you've got, then it goes into Rothschild. And then before that, and then Orsini, okay, well, who are they? Well, uh, you know, they are pretty much like the most powerful family on earth who run the Vatican. And so you might be, oh, what do you mean they run the Vatican? They're not the Pope. Well, there's something else called the, uh, there's a white Pope, which is the one that is commonly known. There's the black Pope that's, and then there's the gray Pope that no one talks about. And the great Pope is Pepe Orsini. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've got Pepe Orsini, and then the, then the Orsinis have had, like, I don't know, I'm just doing this off the top of my head right now, like five or six Popes, like probably dozens of cardinals, like hundreds of senators going back through Rome. And they're one of, and you never hear that name out there. And so there's other names that are more powerful 
And then you go back, you know, even further than that. I mean, the Rothschilds are claiming that they go back to was it Nimrod and yeah. Bamelod? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, several members of the family also called themselves Nephilim. So I mean, there's that too. You want to hold on to this? I'm yeah, gonna yeah. look up who wrote Tragedy yeah. Hoax. All right, there you go. But uh, just keep in mind, it's gonna just look at you over here. I'm gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> just keep in mind, though. Again, um, we're dealing with a family that literally every single issue um, on the planet connects to them whether it be the Vatican, Israel, um, the United Nations, uh, communism, global communism. Again, they create a problem. They come in at, with the reaction that gets the solution. They go in circles forever. And it's an incredibly evil family that, um, again, we're seeing a shift right now. We're seeing a shift from that old guard, which people think, okay, good, all these bad guys from the past are dying. It's all symbology. It's moving into a new system, and there's going to be new faces that we will learn about over time. It's not just going to be, oh, Alex Soros and the easy stuff to pick on. It's going to be uh, far more nefarious than that. And, um, of course, with the Great Reset, we all know about Klaus Schwab now. But how many people were really talking about Klaus Schwab uh, 10 years ago? People were talking about the Rothschilds. People were talking about the Rockefellers. But Klaus Schwab, it wasn't something that came up all the time. I, I, I knew of him. I knew about Davos, obviously. And, you know, I confronted David Frum, who said he was good friends with uh, Jacob Rothschild when I confronted him in 2013. Uh, I talked to David Frum, who was the guest of Conrad Black, who I also confronted, um, who was the head of the steering commission for the Bilderberg Group. And he was at Bilderberg and talking about creating the U European Union in the 90s and talking about all this kind of stuff. But he, you know, people like David Frum, he was uh, heavily involved. In, well, he was Bush's speechwriter. He said that, um, you know, uh, the Rothschild family were amazing people. They went to dinner with them and the, and the Rockefellers and all that kind of stuff. And then when I questioned him on what happened at Bilderberg, he, he would say, oh, well, it's just like Davos, nothing really important. It's just boring. And you wouldn't want to hear it. I would have been uh, 18 or so, I think, at the time. Well, let's see. It was, yeah, I was 18 turning 19 at that time. That was uh, March of 2013. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and so... At that time, I remember, you know, people like David Frum going, well, the Davos is boring. We all see that. So why would we want to look at what's going on at the Bilderberg Group? It's the same thing. It's just boring. But he, he obviously he's wrong, but it, it, it keyed in something for me. I said, okay, wait, then Davos is obviously pretty important because they're mapping out all these world events. So you're also saying that the Bilderberg Group is also doing that, which the Rothschilds have spent many, many, many occasions at just like the World Economic Forum, which, again, is leading to this rollout of the Great Reset, the climate agenda, all this kind of stuff. Remember, um, you know, D David Rothschild, um, David Rothschild, who is the son, I believe, of e uh, Evelyn, or I forget which one, but he is one of the top environmentalists in the world and wrote a bunch of books on environmentalism and has been pushing it from the environmental front to bring in the Great Reset, whereas, you know, you have Jacob and you have Evelyn, which are dealing respectively with, like, oil and gold and, and banking, and you have other ones that are de dealing with holidays Hollywood, you know, you have a lot of Rothschilds in Hollywood. In fact, Helena Bonham Carter is um, the descendant of a Rothschild and has been very proud of that over, year and spoke, uh, over the years and spoke about it many times. But they, they have tentacles in Hollywood. I, I think it was Nikki Hilton or something uh, that's married to a Let's Rothschild. Let's get into what Hollywood even means. And so, you know, in ancient mythology, uh, you know, the sorcerers and magicians, their little, uh, you know, staffs and wands that they would have always came from the holly tree. And so, you know, they're putting a spell on you. So it came from the Hollywood. Now, where Josh lives, there's like three feet concrete uh, brick walls. And it's like pretty much bomb proof oh, over here. Right 
And so, actually, I, uh, you know, while I was trying to search it up, there was no internet. I actually just remembered it, but uh, it was Carol Quigley. Was, uh, right, right, right. So he can attest that there's no internet right now, and we just, and so that's why we were trying to live stream it. It didn't end up working, and that's the only reason I had the computer to see if it was working. But yeah, Carol Quigley. And th then we've got other people like uh, Marina Abranovich. A lot of our listeners and viewers probably remember, uh, you know, from all the Podesta emails and all the stuff that was, all the weird stuff that was going on back then. Well, there's a picture of her standing right next to uh, Jacob Rothschild where it's, uh, you know, Satan summoning all his legion of, uh, his legion of uh, basically uh, dark. Demonic warriors and everything, yeah. And so, oh yeah, great, great, great people. And so now, I mean, I'm starting to get into a, I, recently a lot more of the ancient civilizations and a lot more of a, the esoteric occult knowledge of just really kind of knowing what, you know, these people yeah. believe in. And, you know, and not even necessarily Josh and I don't necessarily agree on all this stuff and have read different things on it. But, you know, I really at a high level think a lot of it is, you know, coming back to like the Anunnaki and then the, the fallen angels, which are, you know, basically these Nephilim out there. And uh, well, that's actually something that I, I should comment on for a second there, Tim, because, I, I, you know, the reset, the Great Reset is based on this end times shift that's that's supposed to happen, um, where humanity is once again replaced, and then they build a new Tower of Babel, and it comes falling down again, and it, it starts from scratch, just like what these same people are covering up under the Dome of the Rock in places like Israel, where they want to build the next temple, the third temple, um, and, and, and in this whole Babylonic area where they want to create the you know the greater israel project so that all keys into this but the great reset they they build everything around some symbolism it's the same reason as we see the all-seeing eye on on the dollar bill it's because they are literally hiding with the smithsonian the vatican and israel the true history of ancient civilizations going back to the younger dryas and before and the powers that human human beings really have and they're utilizing it for themselves they 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 are harnessing a lot of this at least the ones that aren't the complete puppets the ones at the six thousand years old or yeah yeah they, civilizations only 6,000 years old. Yeah, yeah, which is nonsense. And, and they've been hiding this stuff, the underground cities, the underground tunnels. I've been in Derinkuyu. I've been in places like this. I've been all over the underground tunnels in Egypt. They're all very much connected. Yeah, go back to Latepe. But all the underground tunnels around the world are easily connected in, through Israel, Syria, Turkey, um, Iraq, and of course, all the way down into Egypt and even as far as Sudan. And I believe that, um, you know, a lot of it, they're literally covering it up and I mean literally covering up, not figuratively, literally, um, when we have all these underground civilizations around the world and it's based on this, this demonic um, uh, you know, agenda that, hey, we'll, we will utilize the powers of humanity for ourselves while hiding it from everyone else and then bring in a new reset like we saw before when humanity was reset uh, over 10,000 years ago. And again, uh, you know, back about uh, 4,500 or so years ago and then again now. And we're just seeing the, into the age of Aquarius, the shift from, um, you know, one form of civilization and one form of humanity to a transhumanist, um, you know, demonic, uh, spiritual sacrifice. But, of course, I don't believe that they're going to win. I, th I believe good overcomes evil, but Elon I do Musk think it comes from that. Okay, well, uh, Elon Musk's grandfather, Joshua Haldeman, was, uh, created the Technate Party in Canada, uh, which was calling for a global technocratic state um, where, we, where they replace the humans. And they, he got kicked out of Canada, essentially, moved to South Africa, and then started uh, exploring 
exploring lost cities and underground ancient civilizations in Africa, um, which you look at May Musk, she's very, very much occultist, and uh, Elon Musk said himself that he is basing what um, he's doing, uh, just trying to finish the work his grandfather started. So again, this stuff is all interconnected into what we see now as a reset, and again, it goes back to the Rothschilds, but that's that's the ancient spiritual side to it. They have a new way to do this now with transhumanism, with technology, with technocracy, where they don't need to necessarily just charge us a bunch of interest all the time in order to enslave us. There's a lot, there's many more mechanisms like convenience that they can utilize, which is why the Rothschilds have wandered into the climate movement. They've wandered into Hollywood. They've wandered into all these, into sports. They own sports teams and stuff. Again, they are, they have their tentacles absolutely everywhere and they claim, oh, well, the Rothschilds only have, like Jacob Rothschild only had 895 million pounds. Okay, if you count all the castles that they own around the world, it's over a trillion dollars worth of property. They're not keeping all their money in the bank, and the bank that they're manipulating and enslaving people with. Yeah, it's about board of directors. I mean, same thing when you see like like BlackRock. I mean, yeah, they tr- control over $10 trillion, but it has to do with the control of the money. And so maybe they only have in air quotes, but it's like, what do they what do they have in different trusts? What are they having things that we don't know about? So they've got the public front of what we know about, and then they have the other front of the things that they control. And that not to mention when you've got blackmail on everybody through, you know, things like Epstein and things like, uh, you know, all the intelligence agencies that they pretty much control. I mean, the CIA is, uh, you know, I think it's the, the Catholic informant, uh, you know, I forgot the other, <laughs> and that was, but, you know, in, in essence, Mossad. you know, I really, yeah, and Mossad as well. I mean, and, and so, uh, and then some. And then they also create things like the ADL, where it's like, oh, you can't criticize the Rothschilds because you're anti-Semitic. When these people don't give a damn about, you know, what Jews and all, you know, they say that in air quotes because you know they're just using that as like a front, and they'll throw their own people underneath yeah, the bus. They'll push their own gram. They'll push their own gram. I mean, Israel, Israel. And I like to actually say pronounce it as Israel. Uh, I would always say Israel, but then you start getting into ancient civilizations. You're like, is ISIS, which was like the good mother goddess who was who brought Osiris, which was sort of like one of the two sort of Jesus figures in ancient mythology, back from the dead, which was killed by Set. So you got Is, then Ra, Amen Ra, uh, which was you know the, the combination of Amen and Ra, which you and know also the beginning of uh, civilization rising from the primordial waters and creating life into his hands. I won't tell you how; it's a pretty gross story. But uh, yeah, yeah, Ra, and then you have El, and. It, El, that represents uh, Saturn, also the Elohim, uh, which is a plural word for God. So sometimes they refer to it as El, sometimes it's the Elohim. It could be singular or plural. And then you have a name like Elon, Elion, E-L-Y-O-N, which was another name for the supreme god, like their highest god was, basically sounds just like Elon. Uh, And so then you've got Elon, last name Musk, you know, which Musk is what, a bad odor or something that stinks, a stench uh, to it as well. And so to us, you know, this stinks to high heaven where he's coming in as, you know, the soft sell, quote unquote, good guy. Well, then, uh, you know, what's also interesting is SpaceX. SpaceX is owned, you know, they've got all the satellites all around the globe. They're going to be beaming in their 5G, 6G internet into everybody, you know, probably have, you know, is basically the new world order right there. You're not going to be able to escape from this. Uh, Then he's, you know, you're going to be living in homes that Elon's going to start manufacturing and you're going to be getting the internet from him. And then the only way to, you know, utilize banking and payment systems and messaging to the new town hall is going to be through their new X sort of, you know, we're really testing the limits of, you know, what I'm allowed to say here, I guess, on X. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately, then, then who is SpaceX owned by? It's owned by the Space S, Exploration, E, Technology, T, S-E-T, 
corporation, Set Corp, which Set is the devil storm god that then killed Osiris. And so it's just like, what? Which They're putting the it all in your evil, face. One of the most evil things in the world. I've gone to a bunch of Set temples around Egypt, and you can feel it before you get there. You already know without even looking at the symbolism that it's a Set temple. It's a horrible energy that you feel at these places. And again, the, the name Satan is also loosely connected to the or original story of Set. Um, so again, an L like Elion, which is which also is connected with Saturn, which is also Satan. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they hide the symbolism everywhere, but not very well. They want some people to know, but not enough people to know, so that they can trick enough people and they can Shanghai people again into this new um, anti-establishment movement, which is the mainstream alternative media and all this kind of stuff, and Elon Musk, and um, it kind of reel us into that to see that as a distraction, be distracted, be misdirected, a limited hangout problem. Uh, you know, uh, the problem is that uh, everyone falls for those, these limited hangouts in one way or another, in even small ways and big ways. But with the mainstream alternative media, with Elon Musk, the guy literally supports everything the World Economic Forum supports. Um, again, which, which goes back to the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and Klaus Schwab creating this World Economic Forum. Um, it, he's, he pushes all the same things. He wants a network of satellites, um, you know, funded by the Pentagon with a mesh network of surveillance. Pentagram. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Pentagram. Uh, then you have, of course, brain implants that are connected to 5G and connected to your computer, which you, they could read your thoughts. If you can utilize your thoughts to send frequencies to cause things to happen uh, and, and to, to send people messages, then most certainly you can be spied on through that, obviously. And why would anyone even think about putting a chip in their brain anyway? But then that's also connected to the fact he wants carbon uh, taxes. He wants uh, guaranteed basic income and CBDCs. He's been pushing, uh, of course, you know, these, these Tesla cars that are self-driving and bulletproof, which sounds great until you, you get driven off to the gulag and you can't shoot your way out of it. And again, all these things are the next level of this agenda when they create the new Tower of Babel, when they, they knock down the old civilization, create a new one. Again, it's just the shift from one civilization to the next, and they, it was always supposed to be happening around the age of Aquarius, and they've been pumping this into our brain for years. People don't recognize the shift that has to happen um, into you know the age of Aquarius. Again, I believe that they are halfway bu finished building this Tower of Babel. They have to finish first, so it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But this, the, this all comes, it starts with money, it starts with the manipulation of the money, the printing of the money, the centralization of society, um, you know, demoralization, destruction of the, of, of the human soul by, you know, going after children with, you know, these, um, this, this uh, sex therapy kind of stuff that they're doing where they're trying to, you know, uh, give kids puberty blockers and all that kind of stuff, which are sneaking into the food supply, by the way, which they found recently in Cheerios. I think it's a, a chlora, uh, or what's it called again, chloroquam or something like that, chloroquat, that's it. Um, and, and, you know, they're doing this in the food supply, they're demoralizing children, they're destroying society, they're, they're pushing, um, you know, the gay agenda, the trans agenda. They're um, causing wars. They are injecting people, pushing uh, eugenics experiments uh, across the board, destroying, uh, gene editing people and destroying people's bodily makeup that God made. And, you know, you could just keep adding on to this in every way, shape, or form. It's not just money. It started with money. It led to weakness. It led to convenience. It leads then to the downfall of humanity and the bowing uh, on the al to the altar of the new God that they want to create. This new technocratic um, anti-human god. And I then mean, the his name, Elion, is literally the word for the highest, most supreme god. And then before, and this is nothing against Jews, this is nothing against, I mean, I grew up Catholic and denounced that, and but it doesn't mean like my like grandparents and, and dad are bad because they're Catholic. It doesn't mean, I mean, I have, and I'm sure this will get taken out of context, but I have two sisters that are Jewish. Uh, one was, I was born
born in, in Israel. Uh, do you think that they know anything, that they're like part of the club, that they have any idea what's going on? Does it mean that I hate my sister? No, they have no idea about yeah, any yeah, of this Gil stuff. Gilbert Godfrey but, wasn't like secretly hanging out using um, telepathic skills to pl plot the uh, overthrowing of, of, of humanity. I mean, you know, Lenny Kravitz isn't in his basement like... But before they were even <laughs> Jews, they were, they were Israelites. Well, they were Israelites because they're acolytes of El. El being the you know the Elohim or or, or plural, but also singular as an El or Elion as the most supreme high God. And now I don't think I'm only speaking for myself on this, not speaking for Josh. But you know I've been doing a lot of research lately on you know ancient civilizations with the Atrahasi and things like the Enuma Elish and going back to uh, you know the seven creation tablets. And it's sort of my understanding is that, you know, from my hypothesis on all this, and, and you know what, I'm coming from a good place that, you know, I'm not trying to be some edgelord saying, you know, controversial stuff. I, 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 you know, trying to help humanity. I have a good heart. I'm not trying to, you know, piss anybody off. I mean, I've, I mean a lot of stuff has been pissing people off ever since I've been talking about that, but I think that, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what uh, kind of cliff note version of this to give, but, you know, you had Anu being one of the top top gods out there, also named El, but then you would also then have his sons being Enlil and Enki, and Enlil was the bad guy, uh, and so if you actually, so I think the Old Testament Torah was actually, that god in there was actually, who they, who was Yahweh, actually was really Enlil, in my opinion, and so then they got people to then go and worship Yahweh, which was really Enlil, which in my opinion was the greatest trick that the devil ever played, was getting people to pray to him. But it doesn't mean that I believe in God. I think, uh, I think one of the dumbest things possible is atheism. That, oh, we just came from nothing and all these cells. I mean, there's, this is a whole much further expanded conversation uh, that needs to be delved into a lot more. But well, a lot you know, of it is based in symbology that's been hidden from the public for a long time, and it's by design, and there's a reason for it, and they, they wave it in our face. You go to the Vatican Museum, which I have, and I've done documentaries on the Vatican Museum and the hidden nature of Atlantis and stuff like that inside the Vatican, where you're not allowed to even access all these ancient uh, statues and, and uh, stelas and, 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 you know, scripture. Serpents everywhere. Yeah, and it's serpents everywhere. You almost see no crosses. You see Medusa everywhere. And, and again, you walk through that museum and you see the symbology. They're literally putting every um, you know little symbol of a great flood together, from the uh, you know the Sumerian exhibit to the Egyptian exhibit to the Greek exhibit as you go through, and eventually you get up to the Christian exhibits. But um, you know at the same time, uh, Israel is doing the same thing, and the Smithsonian's doing the same thing, and it, uh, you know all the, that's why all these people are doing these things: Klaus Schwab, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and all these people, uh, presidents, and all these puppets across the board. They're, they're doing all these things because they're basing it on that ancient epoch and they want to repeat it and, and they want to win this time rather than lose as they did the previous time. So that's why they're covering it up. It, the lost potentials of humanity go back uh, you know, tens of thousands of years and every time we learn, it all gets taken away from us and we forget our past and we just have what le what's left is a, a historical game of telephone where essentially you... Um, you know, every civilization has a similar story, but they, but over time they drifted apart. They have that origin story, but they're all slightly different. Yeah, like the Atra Sea, that's 1,200 years before the Egyptian, uh, not the Egyptians, before the uh, Noah's flood story. It's based. It's a, and we're coming out with a video on that as well. And you know, you can go and read this whole thing probably in three hours. And this was written 1,200 years before. And you can't read this and, and say that. Uh, you know, that there wasn't some definite plagiarism going from one to the other. And then, you know, 600 years after that was uh, the Enuma Elish, and then you have to get to the 
to the flood story. And it's not like I am not being anti-Christian. I'm not being anti-God. I think if anything, if, if the God that's out there, if he realizes that we're coming from a good heart and trying to find out what the truth is, and if I end up having to be wrong on this, you know, I'm willing to take that loss on there. But, you know, also, I don't want to be praying to the wrong God. And then they even, they, they, they're constantly chumping you, too. They get everybody to say, Amen. Well, that comes from Amen Ra, which was probably also Enlil, you know, because they go by all these different names and, and uh, you know, throughout civilization and, and changing into different characters. And who knows, maybe the new character is Elyon Musk well, over here. Day, um, you know, I'm not speaking for Josh in this. This is my own thoughts on here. But. Yeah, I, and I, I would slightly disagree, but I mean, at the same time, look, I, I, I believe that we're all connected via a vast network of consciousness, which is frequency, which is connected to our brains like antennas. It's like you can go to the store, buy a really crappy laptop, and it doesn't have much processing speed, but then you have another, but it'll still connect to the internet. Then you can get a massive computer, tens of thousands of dollars, amazing CPU, all that kind of stuff, and it will connect to the internet the same as the as a crappy computer. It's just that it can analyze information better, and some people are have a higher consciousness, some people have a lower consciousness, but we're all connected in that way. That's one of the things they're trying to destroy. But with that, you know, that that vast consciousness that we have, it, it, it shows, you know, we only use 20% of our brain, and we have 80% of Surprise, surprise, it's even that high. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, in many cases, I'm sure it's less, depending on the individual, but... I thought it was like we use like 10% of our brain, well, but even still, yeah. Maybe, maybe still, yeah, of course, but um, with, that, with that level of consciousness that we are not connected to, because we we're not aware of it or how to do it, one of the things that they're trying to hide from us, which the ancients knew, is something that gives us the uh, potential to utilize our entire brain, and that is one thing that that's being hidden from us because it's spiritual warfare. They want us to be as weak as we can on a giant global plantation, um, utilized as as tools for what you might call the establishment. But mo moreover, for demonic entities, that which we cannot see, that which is is there but we cannot see, what David Icke might call like the the reptilians, but the the, the hidden nature that we only see a very tiny percentage of what's in front of us, and there's so much more, and that's one of the things that's being covered up, and if we were able to utilize our whole brain, we would be able to see a lot more of that. Um, instead, we're on a slave plantation, not being able to utilize our abilities the best as that we could. So again, we are basically getting shafted as human beings. We're not seeing our full potential, and that is one of the things that these, these establishmentarianists are um, really utilizing in order to weaken us, in order to drive us against each other, in order to um, enslave humanity and keep us on that, um, that pig for farm. So again, um, all of this connects to that. It, it, people can have their different views on religion and all that, and I have mine, Tim has his, but I, I do believe that one thing is clear. You look at your pineal gland, you look at uh, the, you know, your connection to this frequency that is consciousness, and we're not able to access it as much as we can. People do ayahuasca or DMT and other things, or LSD or uh, mushrooms, and they can kind of sense a little bit more of it than they would otherwise be able to, but still nowhere near our actual potential. So that is one of the th things I find most sad about all this is that it's not just, oh, they're taking our money or they're, they're stealing our money via taxation. They're, you know, pushing us into debt. They're doing all these different things. It's, boys and the girls and girls and the yeah, boys. They're and like, literally stealing our consciousness, our brain, our abilities as human beings. This is the real anti-human agenda. It's not just technocracy. The technocracy is a layer over which they've already created, which is our lack of consciousness as human beings because we've been brought up that way. And we've, been, we've not been allowed to see the truth of all these things. We, we've not been allowed to be taught about the pyramid being power plants shooting, you know, a free energy across the world. I mean, which Tesla based his tower on. Again, all these things that... And then who shut forward. down Tesla? It was J.P. Morgan that was also a front for the Rothschilds that then backed Edison. And then you've got frauds like Elon Musk who are out there saying his favorite inventor was... 
Oh yeah, Edison. No, uh, yeah, Edison. Oh yeah, his his favorite inventor was Edison. He's claimed, and and of course he named his company Tesla, which is absurd. It wasn't it his? He took over another company because yeah. he's a big fraud. Edison was a complete fraud who just stole all of his inventions. But again, money is the the beginning part, which weakens us to keep us distracted from all these different. We don't even understand money, most most people. But um, it it distracts people from actually understanding their own consciousness because you can't be a human if you just spend all day every day as a robot in the machine, like the movie Metropolis, just moving gear back and forth so that you can feed yourself for one more day in order to then um, go back and do the same thing again. It's not, nothing against work or capitalism. I love work and I love capitalism. I just think that it's, it needs to be voluntary and, and, and we're being weakened to a point where we don't have time for family. We don't have time to explore our consciousness. We don't have time to understand the, the real history of the world and our true potential as human beings, which I think is robbing us more than anything. And that is a spiritual war. That is a sacrifice on the altar of humanity. And um, that is what, you know, these, uh, the Israelis are doing, the Vatican's doing, that's what the Rothschilds have been doing for all, the, all this time. They start with money, it weakens us, and then every other domino keeps falling. And the most important one of all, our true nature as human beings, are, is unattainable because we're too busy, distracted by everything else. Yeah, they, they need to keep us in the rat race where we're constantly worried about having to pay the bills so then we can't have extra time to actually get into real conversations and think about real things and, you know, be someone like myself who, you know, reads probably three hours a day since the age I was 10. And, you know, and now what it means to be like a man is, oh, I'm going to go watch the NFL. You know, good. If you've got, if you've done the other stuff and you, uh, you know, have your stuff right and you want to go take a mental mind break and go, you know, go watch the NFL. But you know what? Uh, there's a lot more important things to being a man and to actually trying to save humanity than being able to memorize a whole bunch of sports players. And Josh says something really uh, interesting, and, and you know, I'd like to expand upon it in terms of this whole technocracy that they're trying to build. So in the spiritual warfare, I think people like Elon Musk, what they're really trying to do is they're trying to basically destroy humanity in, while claiming to be for team humanity by getting us to quote unquote live forever with all these you know transhumanist you know ai implants they want to put into us and taking our consciousness and taking our uh, our beings and soul and putting it into uh this other sort of like avatar of ourselves i mean they have things like 2045 project where you can go to where you can see uh you know what they're planned for which is basically you know, by 2045 having straight up avatar and that's if you actually are still alive but but really when we're in these meat suits when we're here right now uh on this experience on earth this is when we're sort of you know in quotes you know dead it's not our real spiritual self that's here that's it's out, you know, trying, I mean, yeah, we need to make the world a better place and help out with humanity. But if they, if they try to trap you and they trick you into quote unquote living forever, what you're going to do is you're going to turn yourself into this cyborg that's going to have no connection to actual soul. And basically the demon and devil and Satan is going to trap you on this hell on earth forever and you're never going to be able to escape it and so really people already have done that by the way they've already become cyborgs in in this system i mean uh, again if, if you are just staring at your phone all the time and 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 you are you know obsessively like trying to finish work so you could go watch tv and be programmed uh, again that's already something that's happening or if you're never even attempting to to investigate your your true potential then you're already in that system you're already programmed you're already part of that uh you know cybernetic um, um, technocracy. So uh, I, that's one of the things that's sad to me is, yes, they're building it up to another layer where it's more dangerous, and that is the absolute end um, sacrifice of humanity because then us as humans are no longer useful on the food chain at all. We're, we're, we'll go extinct overnight over that or something like that. But it, it's that it's already happening to an extent today with just the way people have programmed themselves or been indoctrinated and allowed themselves to be programmed. 
and uh, that which they do not wish to explore in, or, uh, in order to save them the stress of actually understanding themselves because it's just fun, more fun to, you know, sit, sit on our hands and, and be part of the show instead of actually, you know, be in, in charge of our own show. I think that is something that's really sad. And we've been propagandized into thinking that we can't do something. We need, like, the Superman or the Ubermensch. We need this, you know, guy on a white horse to come in and save everybody as opposed to, you know, actually being, you know, the change ourselves. And so, you know, it's just so frustrating, I guess, from our standpoint of seeing all this stuff and it's constantly just repeating, you know, all these different, you know, cycles over and over and over again. But, but most importantly, what we wanted to really impart on people today, that this is a lot more than the Rothschilds, a lot more than, you know, the Jews. I mean, because these are all just sort of boogeymen that people, and yeah, they are th running a lot of stuff. They did set up a lot of the system, but then there's other Nephilim demonic forces that I think are even behind them. And, you know, from the the Catholic standpoint, I think that they wanted to sort of use the Jews almost as like their bankers to then be able to get a lot of the uh, the heat thrown on them. But these they people also utilize their religious belief system in order to do that because um, the, the Jewish religion is more in tune with um, usury and stuff like that, whereas Christianity is not so much and uh, Islam is not so much. So well, they're the chosen people. I mean, they wrote the book, so you know they wrote themselves to be the chosen people and all this stuff. Isn't that great when you could just say that you're the chosen people and everyone just believes it for for the end until the end of time? I mean, it's, it's absurd. But no, I, when I found out that Jacob Rothschild died this morning, I looked at it and I said, my immediate thought was, who cares? And the reason why I say who cares is because it, it's what is supposed to happen, so it shall be. Uh, that, that's how it's supposed to end for him because they're moving on to the next, uh, you know, the next shift in the global um, consciousness. Uh, so again, um, you know, seeing Jacob Rothschild die, Evelyn de Rothschild last year as well, same thing happened, I just shrugged it off. I said, okay, well, yeah, they're really old. Uh, Kissinger was like 100 or 101, <coughs> and it, that's the way that the story was written. They, they're supposed to die at that time. I, I believe that about myself. When I die, I'm supposed to die. That's it. So um, I just really don't care. No one, even the, you know, Jacob Rothschild's mother couldn't love that guy. So, again, Mr. Burns uh, dies, and on to the next guy that's going to do the same thing that all the others were puppets for. Yes, the Rothschilds may have not been... Uh, puppets from the beginning, but at this point, they're just a cog in a bigger system that they helped develop. So, technically speaking, it's more than them. It's demonic. It's 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 reptilian. It's it's uh, interdimensional. It, what, the the real issue at hand, what's controlling all of this, is and much that bigger. sounds crazy. But you know what? If you were to say like a term like Anunnaki, oh, that sounds crazy. But I mean, the translation is literally like beings from heaven that fell to earth. I mean, but then if you bring it up in the Christians. It doesn't really sound crazy. It just sounds like maybe like fallen angels. Uh, and so, I mean, there's a lot more history, obviously, that people want to get into. But, you know, that's where all these psyops come into where it's like, oh, we're going to have the show like Ancient Aliens. We're just going to talk about a bunch of BS. And I remember, you know, because Josh was into this way before me. And, you know, of course, you know, when you find out someone's in the ancient civilization, it's like, oh, I watched all the ancient alien shows. And then, you know, you see the media eye roll uh, come from Josh. And he didn't want to get into this video or to – I mean, I basically dragged him in like, hey, I'm going to do a video on the Rothschilds, because it, but it really wasn't, this really isn't a video on the Rothschilds as much as it's a video on what's really running the show. And so it, it is, at the end of the day, a spiritual warfare. And, and I'm not... by the way. That, that thing that's running the show is invisible. It's not some guy. It's not, hey, George Soros over there, or, you know, King Charles over there, who disappeared mysteriously after allegedly getting cancer, who totally isn't taking apricot seeds to cure himself. But anyway... Yeah, who's, who's taking all natural, you know, conspiracy theory type stuff to, you know, save his own life. Yeah, but the, the, the thing that's in charge, it's not a person. It's not a human. It's not 
not it's not like this person over there, that guy, Mr. whatever, whatever last name. It, that isn't what's running the show. And so we're wasting our time when we're just focusing on the people that are the puppets at the top, even if they're the really top, like the Rothschilds. But the Rothschilds, as far as humans go, if you can call them that, they're subhuman. But nonetheless, uh, are definitely at the very one of the top people on the ladder there. But again, th those are people. Those are the lackeys that are committing the spiritual warfare for the entities that are really controlling them that are out of, uh, out of sight. You cannot see them. They speak to these people in their heads. They don't they, – they, they aren't – you know, a physical being walking around with, uh, you know, pointing their finger saying, do that, uh, you know, print that money over there, cause inflation in, in Nigeria, uh, you know, go, go and, um, you know, start a revolution in that country because in 20 years it'll lead to this other revolution that will lead to this new, um, you know, country being formed that's going to do all these terrible things. And, you know, let, go over there in 1949 and, um, and prop up uh, Mao, Mao Zedong and then do it again in the 70s when they're going through starvation to prolong this experiment. Again, there's not a person doing that. It, it is uh, it's something v much more outside of the realm of sight. It's something that can speak but cannot be seen. And it's really hard to explain that in a video here, just impromptu. I'm, I barely slept last night. But uh, it, it, this is the reality, and that is what is connecting to consciousness because you can, ha you can hack consciousness. You can hack into the, the waves of frequencies that go into a person's brain and tell them, really. They, they, the CIA utilizes tools very similar to, but much more... Um, a much more of a downgrade versus what you know the spiritual realm has, but in order to literally put words into people's heads, that's what a lot of people call themselves. Uh, you know, uh, targeted individuals. Some might be completely crazy, but there's a lot of people that might actually be getting uh, attacked spiritual, uh, spiritually and mentally by you know frequency waves. And these and these people, these puppets at the top that are doing these evil things, they're just again they're lackeys for something else. So there isn't people say who runs the world, and it's like no, no, no. It's not who runs the world. It's what runs the world and that is um, a feeling it's a frequency and it's it's good versus evil but but of course there's always going to be a wave of, fr of frequency that is evil that will control people's minds and send um, you know the worst people out to do the bidding for that evil um, it is a feeling it is an idea it is the thoughts in your head that's where runs a world, and um, again, we're just a physical incarnation um, in a vehicle called a body that's doing this, um, you know, living our life. But again, this isn't us. It's much more deep, and it's the same thing from good to evil with these bad guys that are doing all these terrible things like the Rothschilds. Thank you. And ultimately, I am optimistic on all this stuff because whoever is, you know, run the god who is running the show, not this false god that's uh, Satan that's running the show currently down here. I think before everything blows itself up, before they have all the technocracy and transhumanism, because we're staring down a lot of bad stuff. But, you know, I think ultimately the creator wants, you know, guys like you and me and people who are out there watching this to actually do things in their life to try to better things and not just, you know, uh, throw their hands up and just wait for some rapture of something that's, you know, going to come or not going to come. So I do think that people, uh, you know, ultimately before, you know, humanity is completely destroyed, uh, that something is that God's going to come in to be able to save the day for those of us that are left standing. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're here to see the season finale on how this ends up uh, occurring. But, you know, one big test for the next uh, realm of existence, in my opinion, it's it's like, can you get through this? Because if you can get through this, you can get to the next level. Um, and basically every religion in the world feels the same. But it doesn't matter if you're any of those religions. At the end of the day, that it, it's still what is is, I believe, happening. You can make a scientific argument for it as well, just uh, interdimensionally. 
globally. So again, like 2001 Space Odyssey really represents that at the end of the uh, at the end of the movie, of him going into the next dimension, into the next plane of existence. Was that directed by the same guy that uh, staged the moon landing? Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, but I mean, again, this is it, it's all about getting to that next uh, realm of existence. I'm going to let Tim take it away here. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stand up and stretch my back. I'm covered in ants here, sitting on the side of a pool. So I'll let Tim carry it on here. Well, thank you for that. Do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you, different places? Yeah, Actually, yeah. Actually, it's uh, back to face yeah, track, hey, so unfortunately. Uh, World Alternative me. Media, obviously, of course, on Rumble and, and uh, you know, Twitter. And there's BitChute, um, you know, Band.Video, Odyssey, Brighteon, et cetera. So well, any of those places. And uh, as always, I'm going to try and keep up with this news. But, again, I saw the Jacob Rothschild thing today, and I'm like, eh. You know what? There's something much bigger going on under this, so uh, that's what I wanted. I just wanted to throw that in uh, to the video as Tim was talking here, and I know he's on the same page with that as well, and I, I think it's just important that we get that message out instead of just focus on people, focus on ideas, focus on feelings, focus on, um, you know, that which, you know, really rules the world. Again, something that is based in energy and frequency, and some, and it's not some hippy dippy. Which is also a Tesla quote. I mean, Tesla said, you know, in order to understand the world, you need to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Yeah. One of the greatest geniuses uh, on Earth ever to have lived and you and know he had that ancient knowledge and that's why they burned down his offices in Manhattan that's why they tried to impoverish him his whole life that's why JP Morgan targeted him which JP Morgan running you know JP Morgan bank which was of course board of directors and some of the top people at the bank Rothschilds boom I wonder how that happened and you know oh this guy is figuring out a way to do uh, you know spread free energy around and people think it's about money it has nothing to do with money it's all about control. um yeah control of a narrative because if you go if you delve too deep into that free energy issue then you realize how much power humanity really has and they don't want that so it's much bigger than just a money thing people think oh well he wanted to make money utilizing you know giving the patent to marconi for the radio so that they could make money off all it has nothing to do with money it's just a a, a basically a, a side effect of a, a bit a greater issue but anyway i'll leave it at that oh, thank you for that josh and uh make sure you guys can support him i know he's got links at heaven's harvest for storable food he's got links for gold got links for all the different things you need to help get yourself through this not the least of which is uh is you know we just had a, had a solar flare cyber attack the other day it's a video that i'm going to get on uh recently talking about that but you know ultimately i am very very optimistic at where things are going but we need you need to know and and one of the things i know when i first started getting into all this stuff uh you know probably 15 16 years ago is i would have probably been in the camp of like oh my god look at the rothschilds they're controlling everything but you know you've got to get much much deeper than that you have to understand that this is not just about the rothschilds you have to understand this is not about left and right this is not about uh politics this is not about we're going to go and vote ourselves out of this you're not going to vote yourselves out of the great reset you're not going to vote yourself out of all the crazy stuff that's going on and so we are saying this as a message of love right now not as a message of you know trying to say you know woe is me you know we can't stop this we can't uh you know it's all out of our control because ultimately we have the power and we just understand that we have the power but josh and i wanted to come to you guys with the message that you know that as people who have constantly been on the vanguard constantly been ahead of our time and all this stuff that uh it's a much bigger issue. And, you know, so 15 years ago, I was thinking, oh, my God, look at it. It's the Rothschilds, and they're running the show and all this other stuff. And then you start realizing, no, it's much bigger than that. And I, oh, crap. So we got some whales jumping in the ocean right now. We've got beautiful scenery right now in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. We've uh, had a great time 
wandering around and exploring the different sites and scenes. But you know, this uh, camera is very bad. When it, oh, there we go. We got a whale off in the distance. And no, we're not talking about Augustin Carson's, the head of the Bank of International Settlements. And for reference, I mean, I was, I was making uh, spreadsheets and flowcharts of the Bank of International Settlements and how it connects to the IMF and the Federal Reserve and going way deep in all this stuff in 2009. So, you know, I'm not saying this to brag about any of this stuff, but, you know, Josh and I have literally forgotten more about this stuff than most of these, uh, you know, opportunists who are out there, you know, claiming to be experts in all this stuff will ever know. And uh, I forgot who, uh, I'm, I really am blanking on the name right now, but I know it's over at Slow News Day came up with the term controlled opportunist. And so, I think there are a lot of controlled opportunists out there, and uh, but you know what? A lot of people are out there putting out good information, and you know what? It was a lonely road talking about this stuff 15 years ago. Lonely road talking about this stuff in 2010 and 2011, and everyone basically telling me to shut the heck up on all this sort of stuff, but you know what? It's not nearly as much of a lonely road anymore, and there's not nearly as many people calling us crazy conspiracy theorists, you know, when you take a look at our track record. But ultimately, all those deflections, all those years of, you know, ridicule and all this other stuff, it's just, you know, tightened up our armor because I know that we're putting out the good message. I know that we're putting out a message that actually matters. And so we're right with God. We're right with who we are. And we're also know that we're on the real team humanity, not whatever, you know, the other fake team humanity is trying to push. And, you know, if, if I end up being wrong on that, I'll take that loss. You know, if he's out there and changes and puts out some good stuff, I'll called like it is and i will retract my messages unlike other people and controlled opportunists who uh you know put out shirts saying tested positive for never being afraid who uh you know was in over 100 videos with me uh lambasting me about telling people not to wear a mask to not be afraid that this was all bs and now they want to get on some major major shows uh you know action basically like josh and i and stealing our ethos while never giving us any credit but it's not about credit you know we were getting absolutely hammered at the time you know josh losing all of his income through you know youtube and all the demonetization and so you know what we've been through this we've been living this and we just want to act as a vessel with our knowledge to really help other people and you know if other people want to take this and message and run with it and spread it you know that's what it's all about but anyways uh tim Pichot, the liberty advisor for now you can find me at the liberty advisor show.com uh, I do wealth management, also do a bunch of videos. Uh, I really have been taking a, a pretty big break from doing videos for a while, but you know what? I'm always back when you when things are really big going on and when you need that analysis. And so right now is that metaphorical Super Bowl time when uh, you know people are paying attention, people are waking up, but it's about truly waking up to what's really going on and not just getting stuck in this political circus of BS where, you know, constantly all the solutions are, uh, oh, we need to vote harder in this rigged election for this person that, oh yeah, even though this person got us to do the jibbity jab last time, uh, you know, it was only because of XYZ mental gymnastics. No, all of it is BS. If any of it mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. And that's what you need to understand. But you know, if you want to go and and waste your time on that, you know, so be it. But you also have to know the other stuff and you also have to prepare for what's coming. But the most important part of preparing for what's coming is preparing your mind, preparing your body, preparing your spirit. And, uh, you know, I'm still on this journey. Uh, I've got a lot to learn. And the more that I learn, I realize that I don't know anything. Uh, I know that I think Plato has a very similar quote to that. Uh, but, you know, and it's true. You know, 
every day I'm, I'm researching more and more of this and realizing I don't know anything, which is sad because I feel like I know more than most people out there. Well, and I think, uh, I think it was uh, Voltaire that once said, only a fool knows everything. And I think everyone needs to just assume that they don't know shit and they have to um, work to learn. And you'll never learn everything, but you'll learn a lot more about yourself along the way. So I think that's really important. And we're going to cut it off now before it's at 66 minutes and people are like, oh my God, these, uh, <laughs> these uh, Satanists over here making a video. on. I guess maybe, maybe it is fitting that it's a, almost a 66 minute long video on the Rothschilds. But anyway, take care, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening. Peace.